Welcome to the Call the Farms podcast. But we are to be servants to the greatest capacity that we have, to the best of our abilities we need to serve. If we are sick, we cannot serve others. And we're going to be sick if we eat like everyone else eats. Hi, everyone. Sophie here from Call to Farms podcast. We have an honored guest today. Her name is Maureen Diaz, the founder of God's Good Table. After watching her family struggle with health issues and dealing with her own, Maureen knew that there were answers beyond the advice that conventional medicine gave. So Maureen set out on a journey to learn and study traditional healing and cooking from every book that she could get her hands on. And we'll talk about one very special book in particular that's kind of bonded us. We're so grateful to have Maureen here on our podcast. She has been sharing what she has learned with her family, friends, and the community for over 30 years. Maureen is an amazing wife and mother to nine children and six grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Maureen, tell us a little bit about your background. We'll just chat today. Okay, that's great. I grew up as one of six children. I grew up in the 1970s where the world was changing, not always in a good way, but um, it was an interesting time. And I had a grandmother who was a registered nurse, a very well-respected member of the community. She was also known to be a fantastic cook. However, her cooking involved cans of this and packages of that, and that's how my mother was brought up. Well, her mother also as a nurse believed in modern medicine, and I can so vividly remember that in her bathroom, there were about three shelves that were completely filled with bottles of pills, pharmaceutical drugs. My grandmother died of a heart attack at 63 years of age, very young. I'm only a few years away from that myself. But my mother then having grown up eating this way and with a mother who trusted modern medicine for all of your ailments, um, she herself had many serious issues. She was very overweight. She had asthma, allergies, blood clotting issues, all kinds of stuff. When I was about 12 years old, I remember that my mother went on a diet. It's a low fat diet, which I don't agree with, but she lost about 150 pounds. She eliminated most of the processed foods in our household. And at the same time that she lost all those pounds, she also lost all of these serious health diagnoses. So that just stuck in my brain. And in the ensuing years, in the back of my mind, I always thought there's something to this, this food thing. So as a young wife and mother myself, I didn't have any real guidance. We didn't have the internet. Uh, funds were really tight. So my book buying was minimal, but I did whatever I could. As you mentioned in your opening, I did whatever I could to seek out wisdom and information about what really good healthy foods were and how to raise my family well. And so I did in the very beginning, I had a few processed things, including, I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> I think that's funny. But I realized that that could not be good for me or for my family. And so I got rid of anything in my pantry and in my refrigerator that was processed, came from a factory. And instead, I went towards uh, natural foods. Now, I still was very, very uneducated. 
there are now and were then all of the diet fantasies, I, I like to say, low fat, this, this and the other thing. Yeah. And um, there was even a, a diet called the hallelujah diet, which is no longer here. That organization is defunct, but basically that was a diet based on the garden of Eden and it was a vegan diet. So I was drawn towards that. And I can tell you that when I was pregnant with my third child, I was miserable. I could hardly peel myself off the sofa. I was so worn out and felt so awful. And at the time we actually lived on our first little farm and I did have a milk cow and I did have chickens, but I was torn. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually I found Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon Morell and the Weston A. Price came Foundation came into existence in 1999. About two years later, I became a member And that really just changed my world. So I heard Dr. Ron Schmid speak about the research of Dr. Price when I was attending an event. I used to sell my goat milk soaps and lotions and potions so I could go to natural health and healing types of conferences. And it was there that I heard the late Ron Schmid talk about this research. And it was was literally an epiphany, light bulbs going off. I'm going, wow. This makes so much sense. And I've just never stopped since then. (laughs) (laughs) So I I adopted a a more traditional diet. Um, I embraced the raw milk, which I had previously and the eggs and the chicken and then the beef and the organ meat and and the stocks and fermented foods, all of that stuff. I embraced it and I just saw my family really thrive on that. I love to hear that story because I brought my entire family, mom, dad, kids, my husband Mm -hmm. to your event last year, God's Good Table event. I think it was on nose to tail nutrition. Yes. And we got to taste all of your delicious food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? Um, I really enjoyed cooking organ meats with Chef Jamie and yeah. even more that people who had never tried anything like that, in, including, I think, yourselves, you just loved it, right? Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. So we eat nose to tail traditionally, but we've never had it outside of the Asian flavoring. So mm-hmm. like beef tongue tacos was delicious. Mm-hmm. Normally we have it sliced thinly. So it's it's all prepared differently, but all yeah. very delicious. And I grew up, well, I was born and raised in America. So I have kind of the blend between a lot of our traditional Asian food and then, you know, grew up on hot dogs too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as did I and macaroni and cheese from a box. Yeah. So a little yep. blend of both, but it was good to, just to try different. I think we had the chicken pate was mm-hmm. different because the pate that we have is the pate for the banh mi, which is French influenced from French and Vietnamese. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Which is fascinating. So when did you start God's Good Table? What, what Tell us the story of that. Well, if anyone wants to look at our website to the blog, there's an article titled, Why Don't They Get It? That really sums it up. But it bothered me for decades that I would go to church and there would be all of these sick people. And what are the prayers for? That growing prayer list, it's that the doctor can find the right pill, the right procedure, guide the surgeon's hands. 
it just drove me nuts. And there came a point where I just couldn't hold it in anymore. And that's from that came the article. Um, but the, the ailments have just grown and mm -hmm. grown and grown. And while Christians are dickering about doctrine and, you know, what's right about this? How should we worship? How should we lead? How should we this? How should we that? Nobody's saying, wait a minute, why are we so sick? What's wrong with us? When I see all of the principles that Dr. Weston A. Price discovered and that he and Sally Fallon Morell wrote about, she and Nourishing Traditions, I see all of those principles as God-given principles. They're in the Bible. Yes. No, they're not new and they don't claim them to be new. They're age-old principles that were given to us by our designer, our designer creator, who knows the very best things for us. He gave us everything we need to be healthy spiritually and physically. And yet Christians everywhere are just ignoring those principles while they argue about everything else. I know that uh, a few years ago, I walked into church, uh, into the building once for a practice and and there was a young man who is very obese and he was chowing down on Mickey D's and a massive soda and they've got health problems, you yeah. know, and another family who all these people, we love them, right? Right. I genuinely care about yeah. It just makes me so sad. It sickens my heart to see people and some in particular who just have one ailment on top of another and they just don't ever question the food. And if any suggestion is made at all that maybe we need to change our diets, the usual reaction is, oh no, my doctor just says I have to do this or, oh no, I'm just supposed to do that. No, it's all about food. Well, food and to an extent as well, I believe in emotional healing from past traumas. I think that that holds us back as well. But for the most part, I've seen for decades now that what we put into our mouths has an absolute direct influence on our overall health. And I'm not even just talking bodily health, but mental health. Yes. I taught for a couple of years in, in our private Christian school, which I loved, but again, it not only, it made my heart ache and mm -hmm. sometimes it made me and still does just angry yeah. that parents and providers <laughs> are putting into these kids' bodies things like Skittles and Mountain Dew and pizza and just totally processed garbage. And then these kids were coming into class and they couldn't even think straight. And one in particular that just makes me so sad, he had a lot of, a lot of struggles. There were two extremes, nothing in between. It was literally climbing the walls or literally passed out head down on his desk. And what did he eat every day? He ate Lunchables. He ate Skittles. He drank soda. I just want to say, especially to parents, you've got to think about what you're doing to your children with what you're giving them to put into their bodies.
but it's, it's all of us. It just happens to make me especially sad when it's the children, you know? Um, and I learned, oh, probably, well, 30 years ago about the effects of artificial colors, artificial preservatives and artificial flavorings that were common in the diets of kids and adults alike and how that affected with ADHD and ADD. My sister had a child who was affected by all of these things and she learned about the fine gold diet. I bought a copy and I realized, oh man, even though my kids weren't getting much of this stuff, I had a kid who was being affected to some degree as well. So I just want all of us to see the big picture and understand that we are going completely against God's design and God's intention for our bodies. When we eat these processed fake foods, we need to return to the foods that he gave us and the preparation methods and the growing methods too. Industrial agriculture is an absolute insult to God's design. People say, oh, we can feed the world with industrial. No, we can't. Mm. We're poisoning the world. We're making people sick. Let's just stop this. God designed every aspect of this. We need to go back to it. And when we do, just like you, your family inspires me so much. You stepped out the same way that my family did 30 couple years ago. I don't even remember how long ago it was, but I realized as you did that in order to feed your family well, you needed to have good input. And that meant to a large degree, growing your own foods and otherwise relying upon those who are doing things right. We did that, you're doing that. And I do believe that almost all of us can, at least to some degree. Absolutely. I agree. I love that you just shared your entire perspective because that was one of our biggest struggles. Similar thing with our church. A lot of the prayers, especially for those in our age group who are new parents with younger children and we're praying, you know, I have one particular, she's a good friend. Her son had alopecia and we're praying for him because chunks, large chunks of his hair was falling out. I sent some research over and again, the response similar to what you're talking about. And you probably have seen it for multiple generations now to say, oh, it's not our food. I started questioning what we were putting into my oldest when she was six months old, you know, it was breastfeeding. And then up until six months, we started introducing solid food. So then I started looking into, well, what do I put into her little body? Mm -hmm. Started looking into making applesauce, (laughs) little books from William Sonoma that were gifted. They said, make sure that you source organic. And it just made me question, okay, there were enough of these books that were not health. It wasn't nourishing traditions at the time, but it was enough to make me think, okay, well, and, and in our, in our culture, buying organic was something that, you know, we would go to the Asian grocery store. We would go to Safeway. Whole Foods wasn't even around, you know, our locale and local farmers, you know, just in the Bay Area. My parents are immigrants, right? So just whatever was cheap and inexpensive. That was my mother's predicament as well. Raising six kids, she was a coupon clipper and she would mix up nonfat powdered dry milk with 2% milk and that'd be our milk. And we'd have whole wheat bread. And I do think she was trying to do the best that she knew but there was so much better, right? Right. And we're learning so much about nutrition now. 
I was pre-med in college and I remember just one nutrition class and it was an elective. It wasn't something that was required to graduate. It was really just something that we brushed over. When I was pre-med, I wanted to go DO, which is more of the allopathic path versus the MD. But again, in our culture, you're either MD or bust. Yeah. But I'd always kind of had that holistic mindset. I've gotten my mom off a lot of medication because of adjusting the way that we've eaten our food, curing yeah. it through nutrition and bone broth and yeah. fermentation. So it's it sounds like we've come together to this point of realizing that industrial agriculture or how we are buying our food in grocery stores. And I was buying at, you know, by the time I had my career doing well, I was buying all of my food at Whole Foods thinking organic was organic. When Jeff Bezos bought Whole Foods, yes, I realized, <laughs> okay, we're going to have to start growing our own food. And, yeah. and that's kind of what did it for us. But you know, we didn't grow up with this. And my mom, she's gotten some farming from her background, but really she grew up in the city, even in Vietnam. So a lot of what I thought that would be natural and what she grew up with, she's like, no, I'm just learning this myself. And it's just been really interesting how it's been several generations that we've moved these, I don't want to say it's simple skills, but skills as simple as planting a seed into the ground, giving it some water sunlight mm-hmm. the way that God intended I mean it really isn't that much more complicated it could be yeah but it isn't that much more complicated no it's really not it's quite simple and we can feed most of us can feed ourselves our families and even help with our neighbors just because we have a yard instead of mowing grow food you know it used to be that uh, people had sheep for lawnmowers why not? They mow the lawn, then you can eat them. That's one of those little yeah. things that I, I really want to see changed. But I do see churches, for instance, and government buildings and schools and with vast acres of land that they're spraying to kill everything but the grass. So it's toxic. And then they're running diesel powered tractors or, or gasoline powered lawnmowers to mow these vast acres. They could be growing food. Even if it's just sheep that are doing the mowing instead of, and that sounds kind of radical, doesn't it? (laughs) And yet it, to me, it's so simple. Um, Just stop poisoning the land and start utilizing it. Instead of growing a yard, grow a food forest. That's what I'm working on at my house. Um, I'm planting lots of things, not just in a garden, but around the house, we sold our farmstead uh, eight years, eight and a half years ago. And we moved from there to a mountaintop in Virginia that I like to say grows rocks really well. But I have created soil without tilling, without bringing it in, just by laying down wood bark, right? Mulch um, and hay and straw. And I finally brought in chickens and they scratched all of that good stuff up. And now I have wonderful soil that is, it, my garden, my new garden is growing like gangbusters. And I only put it in about two months ago. In my backyard, I couldn't put a garden in there, a traditional garden. So I bought livestock watering tanks 
And I tossed in, people are starting to do this now, but I'd never heard of it before. I just thought this has got to work. Why wouldn't it work? So I filled my livestock watering tanks with, um, with the logs and branches and leaves. And then, then I brought in soil and I brought in compost from a nearby horse farm that was clean, as clean as I could find. And man, I'm telling you what, those <laughs> tanks grow a lot of food. So I have often thought if I lived in a condo, I don't want to live in a condo, although part of me likes the simplicity of it. Maybe one day I'll end up. Uh, but anyway, even in a condo, you can grow food in pots. Yep. You can, my, certainly I would have a balcony covered with potted plants and I'd probably have some quail um, in, a, in a pen hanging off the wall. Um, so there's a lot that we can do, even when we think that we can't, and we really need to be going back to producing as much of our own food as we can, and then getting everything else from people who are doing things the right way, which is not plowing. Mm -hmm. Bible talks about plowing, but it's not the same kind of plowing that we do today. Um, so not with turning over a foot of soil and then spraying everything to, to make everything die. And then it is yeah. super toxic. Telling, we need yeah. to be rotationally grazing our animals. They take care of the pests. They take care of the, of the fertilization of the soil. They keep the soil loose. We need to be going back to these principles so that we can produce truly healthy food to nourish our bodies and our minds. One of my driving forces has been that as a Christian, I'm called to serve and I want to serve. If I were for some reason debilitated, I would also be called to accept service. And there's something good in that as well. But we are to be servants to the greatest capacity that we have, to the best of our abilities we need to serve. If we are sick, we cannot serve others. And we're going to be sick if we eat like everyone else eats. So that's been really my driving force. And then back to where God's good table came from. Well, I've just given you all of that background, but I was raising nine kids on the farmstead. We were butchering chickens and milking the cow and raising our beef. And we had a little orchard and a huge garden. And then we moved. Um, but I always wanted to teach people to do this. My hands were full, as you can imagine, with that many kids. And Erin, my co-founder, she'd moved off and gone to college and gotten married. And, you know, she was far away. And I just continued plugging away. But it just continually ate away at my heart and in my head that people were so sick. Why don't they get it? So I talked to Joel in late 2020, Joel Salatin. I talked to him about my frustration and that I always wanted to do something about it. And at that time, my youngest child, I think was 14 and they were still in the Christian school where I was teaching part-time. But I said, you know, what do you think? My plate was not quite as full as it had been. I was transitioning into a new phase in life. And I thought maybe I can do something. Didn't know what, but could do something. And Joel said, yeah, you know, you're right. The time might be 
ripe now. So we got together a month or two later and really talked it out. And he helped to solidify in my mind what I wanted to do and how we could do it. He even came up with the name. He doesn't remember that, but he did. Um, (laughs) I said, no, not God's good table, God's good plate, because it's about the food. But no, it's not about the food, just it's also about the fellowship around the table. So that was an excellent name. But on my way home, I called Erin in St. Augustine, Florida. She had had no idea that I was talking with Joel about this, even thinking it. I'd never vocalized it to anyone but my husband. And uh, Erin said, Mom, I've been thinking about the same thing here in Florida. So I said, okay, we'll think about it for the weekend and we'll talk on Monday. (laughs) That is the beginning of God's good table. And uh, I'm very privileged to work with not only my daughter, Erin, but daughter-in-law, Sarah, and our daughter, Abby, works with us as well. And then the other kids, they all have a hand. They help at at exhibits, and they help me with just day-to-day things. So it is a family affair, which makes it extra special. But our whole goal is to go out and reach the Christian community and beyond. We do want people to see They want to see Jesus in us and in all of what we're teaching. So our primary goal really is reaching people for Jesus as well. And we, we saw that our whole family saw that my mom still talks about your whole family, the daughters and the daughter-in-law and her mother-in-law was there to support. (laughs) Yeah, she was there too. We just love that. Um, Are there any success stories or impacts that have emerged from the nose to tail nutrition last year? There actually are several. I still am hearing comments from people about last year. Um, One of them was that my friend, Ken, who leads our worship, um, he'd never heard of any of this. He and his wife had chickens in a garden, but they didn't know about any of these health and nutrition principles. They'd never had raw milk. He is now an avid raw milk enthusiast. They're using organ meats and making bone broth and, and uh, his wife isn't doing everything yet, but, but we're getting there, right? So it really made a big impact in, in their family's life and in Ken in particular. And this year, he's going to learn more like everyone else about some other things that are really important to, with our food. But another story that really makes me just so happy is that we became friends, just like with you, with another participant whom we call Dr. Dan. He has his own practice in North Carolina. He is a physician's assistant, I think. And he opened a practice wanting to do things a little bit differently, but he didn't know any of this either. He didn't know about nose to tail nutrition. He was curious. He didn't know that God actually gave us a way to eat and a way to do things. It really impacted him. He and I have maintained contact. Uh, He actually came for dinner in October afterwards, and he'll be at this event. He contacted me a few months ago and said that he's changed his practice. He's changing it up. He now is studying and implementing herbal medicine, and he's eager to keep on learning and doing more. And I think, wow, because here's a practitioner who has access to so many people's lives. He's making an impact in his community and beyond. 
I believe that they do some online consultations as well. Dan is one of those people that you don't ever forget, like you and your family. And I'm so happy that we were able to change his course within his practice to help many, many more people, not just him. And there are more stories like that coming out here and there. We're always happy to hear. We, I hear things like, uh, your event changed my life, or it helped us to overcome this issue or that issue. And praise God, because that's exactly what we want to be doing. That means we're on the right course. We're doing the right things. And I'm so excited because that was your first event, God's Good Table. And this August 11 to the 13th is your second event, and it's going to be on God-given foods. Yes. Can you tell us so, more about the event, the purpose and significance, and how does it contribute to your mission? So the God-given food theme really is, it's not the totality of our mission, but it's the thrust of our mission. We want to educate people about food. What did God give us? What did he intend for us to have for the benefits of our bodies and our minds? And then how should we be growing and preparing those foods as well? Because for instance, it may not be good for us to just grind our own organic flour. And we're going to talk some about labels too, because labels are important. Mm -hmm. Organic, as you alluded to earlier, does not mean healthy, right? And just because you mill your own grain and make a loaf of bread in a few hours doesn't mean that that loaf of bread is good for our bodies. So we want to teach people how to maximize nutrition while we minimize contributing factors to poor health. God created a process for grains in which the very factors that protect grains from growing out of season and then there being no more grains, those protective factors can be irritating to our guts and damaging to our health. But just as with everything else that God created, there's a way and a means, a natural way to neutralize those very things that could be harmful for us. We want to teach people about taking a vegetable and not just, not even just eating it fresh and raw. I love to grab a radish or a beet out of my garden and just chow on it. But then to take those vegetables and again, using a God-given process called lacto-fermentation and creating a powerhouse of nutrients. And not only that, but flavor. And when we ferment our foods, we create enzymes that help us to digest our foods, keep our gut clean, keep the microbial life within our systems in balance. It, that it's just another fine example of how God gave us a way to do things. And it, fermentation is a way that people through all of the ages have uh, preserved their food. It just so happens that it has many beneficial um, aspects that are so helpful to our health. So we want to teach about all of these things. And yes, about how food affects our bodily health, but also our, our brain health. Very important. And will you have workshops and activities available? Actually, we have, we're expanding what we originally put up on the schedule. I need to redo the schedule. Of course, we're asking you to come and do a hands-on workshop to show people about your Asian foods and the things that you do. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> However, while you're doing that, I'm going to be over in the hoop house doing bread. 
so we have you, we have um, Mandy Bloom, a friend of mine from St. Petersburg, Florida. She is one who has recovered foster children from really serious mental issues and physical issues, including cancer. And she's recovered these kids with God-given food. So she's going to talk and give a workshop on preparing. Um, I, I, we have to change the title from healthy foods because that sometimes turns people off, right? But nutritious, delicious foods that the whole family will enjoy with an emphasis on children. So right there, we have those workshops. I will also be doing a fermentation workshop. And at the same time, people will also have the choice of doing a farm tour with Joel. And Joel also, an aside, has agreed to do a pasture walk devotion oh. on Saturday morning. Will he still have his sermon on Sunday? Joel is absolutely yes. doing a sermon on Sunday morning, and he's really excited about it. Um, he told me last year what a, what a special event it was and how much he just loved it and got so much out of it. And he's very much looking forward to preaching to us again on Sunday morning. So I'm eager to hear what he has to say. My friend Ken and I are working on the uh, worship list as well. The set list, we're going to record a song on Friday evening that we'll be sharing so people can get just a taste of the music that we'll be incorporating into our worship. I'm so excited about it. That sermon that Joel gave on Sunday just had our entire family in tears, plus the yes. worship songs. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was up there trying to help lead worship and I couldn't stop crying. I'm looking out at all of you and feeling just the, the presence of God and the emotion from all of us. And it was hard for me to sing. <laughs> So I think this year, maybe I'll just not look, <laughs> but that is, we want God to shine through in everything that we do in every aspect of every event, every article I write, every class I teach, everything we do, we want God and his light to shine through. And at these events, that's where it's just overwhelming almost. So yes, we're going to have a wonderful worship, but the whole weekend we expect to be filled with God and um, we'll just be praising him all along. How can we individuals or businesses support the God-given foods event? Well, of course, attending is the first thing. We want you to come. We can hold uh, more people than what we have signed up now and we want you to come. So um, go to godsgoodtable.com and check out our event and sign up, please. We have hotel slots available and we have people coming from Arizona, California, all over the place as we did last year also. So don't think it's just a little local or regional event. If you're interested in this, do come. We also have vendor slots. We're really picky. <laughs> we won't let someone come in with a product that we don't approve of. 
actually, for the most part, they're handpicked anyway. We have had a couple of um, businesses ask us, can I come? Can I exhibit? We aren't saying yes to everyone because we want it to fit with our mission. And we want to know that we can honestly say we believe in this. So if you have a product that might fall in line with God-given food, with God-given principles for health and nutrition, and that includes herbal medicine, homeopathy, anything like that, I believe that's all God-given, definitely contact us. You can reach out at hello at godsgoodtable.com. If you have any questions or any interests, and yes, we just, we would just love to have you there. We will be putting most of our talks online. There will be more information about that later. Last year, we were only able to put up a couple of things, but we will get more up. We're having a panel discussion that is going to be, I think, very vibrant and helpful. We will record that and we're going to do something really fun. We talk about milk and raw milk from pastured animals in particular. We're going to have a know that milk challenge. in which I will be bringing with me about six different types of milk, some of which might be quite unexpected. And we're going to have Joel and a couple of other people taste the milks and try to identify them. It's going to be, that's going to be a blast. And of course we have our VIP dinner as well. Okay. Well, if you need us to bring some of our grass-fed raw milk from Tennessee. Yes, that would be wonderful. I definitely would love for you to do that. So do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because we have a real estate client. She was moving. She's now moved from Michigan to East. When we were exploring and looking at houses for her, she brought down some of her raw milk from Michigan. And she insisted that I try it. She's like, uh-huh. you try this because I think the grass tastes different uh, yeah. from up there than does here. So we actually had a raw milk taste test. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was so funny because in California with our clients, we would go Napa wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like too. <laughs> I do. And that's a God given, we're going to address that at some point. Okay. Yeah, we do organic wines that don't spray and use mismanagement. And they are out there. That's neat. I recently visited a water buffalo herd. They're not currently milking. They milk on and off. But I had had water buffalo milk, which I'm able to get in Pennsylvania. And so I was really interested in going and visiting a water buffalo herd. So I went to the headquarters of Ancient Nutrition in Summertown, Tennessee. Wow. So quite a ways from you, but yeah, they had a large herd of water buffalo and had just brought some more in and they are planning on milking, but that was really neat too. Is that the same herd that's getting shipped to Pennsylvania? Uh, No, the Pennsylvania milk is actually coming from Pennsylvania. I was very interested all those years ago when we had our own dairy cow, which we did for, I think, 27 years. I was very interested in water buffalo. I'd done a lot of reading and research into them, but they were almost impossible to get. You would have to have had a, a very deep pocket to get any. But now they're becoming more common and more popular. So it's a wonderful milk. It's so rich and smooth and sweet. It's just delicious. That's what my parents had access to in Vietnam was the water buffalo milk. 
And then I had a chance to go to Dubai for work a couple of months ago and they have camel milk. I couldn't actually try it, but I had camel milk gelato and then camel milk ghee or camel ghee. Really, You'll be able to try it at our event. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know I had yeah. yeah, because we do, we, camel milk is one of the milks that I'll have. I'm trying not to give too much away <laughs> because when we do that challenge, I want people to be scratching their heads wondering, but, but yes, there will be camel milk. <laughs> I'm so excited. Will everybody get a try or will it, will we be testing Joel? <laughs> it will just be a few. It is very expensive. You know, I'll, I'll get a pint. <laughs> That's what I'll get, but uh, it we'll have fun with that pint. <laughs> be exciting. Okay. So in preparation for the event, where can people go to sign up for the event? And do you have any discount codes currently? Um, we just ran out of our early bird discount. Erin uh, and I are putting our heads together. We may be coming up with something else in the next week or so, but we have our, our fees designed to be as accessible as possible. You know, we're not, we need to cover our costs, of course. We want people to come. So we believe that the cost for our event is reasonable. We're feeding you breakfast, lunch, breakfast mm. and lunch. And then the VIP dinner actually only has about two or three slots left. But we're feeding you very, very well, both with information and spiritually and, um, and with actual food. So the Polyface crew will make us uh, lunch Friday, Saturday and breakfast Saturday. And then we are providing finger foods for breakfast on Friday and on Sunday morning. So you'll have good, nutritious, clean foods to choose from. Um, and of course, it's just wonderful always to be on Joel's farm mm -hmm. and to see the workings and, and the crew is just fantastic. So we will come up with something. It might be another giveaway. I don't know. And but to be something more in the coming, uh, the next couple of weeks. And yeah. Your and your website is godsgoodtable.com. Correct. Yeah. And I did check it out. It looks like you have another event coming up too for women specifically. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? We do. We have a women's only retreat in Western Kentucky. It is uh, in a lodge built over a lake in the middle of a 6,000 acre private game preserve. It's stunning. Um, friends of mine manage the, the estate. It's just beautiful. I love to go there. Um, the lodge is very comfortable. We're going to be teaching you um, about what foods we should be eating, how to prepare them. Um, we're going to have devotions and games and time for kayaking and walking as well. So it's uh, basically a four-day retreat filled with relaxation, spiritual growth, and lots of good food, learning hands-on. We'll, I'll cook for you, but we're also going to cook together. Mm -hmm. So we're excited about that. We have very limited slots. So people need to sign up for that quickly, mm -hmm. quickly, because there are not many spaces. Um, so that is something we've been talking about for a long time. I've been wanting to do. This is a test run for a women's retreat next year. I do want to do a couple of others. I have another fantastic location in mind. Um, 
but this one in Western Kentucky will be beautiful. I, I love it. I saw some photos and I was trying to convince Tim to let me go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd love for you to come. <laughs> Looks so good. And I love to cook together and just learn and yeah. be with other women who kind of, you know, put this much importance into food, nutrition in our families. Yeah. That's, that's that and God, that's what it's all about. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you're interested, sign up now. And what date is that, Maureen? That is August 20 through 24. Yes, it's Sunday the 20th. We will be making arrangements to get people picked up and delivered from airports. Uh, Nashville is the closest and Louisville is, is very close also. Okay. Uh, so we'll have people arriving Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and then departing Thursday the 24th. Okay. So, yeah. So just enough time to feel like you've rest, we can breathe and then you're recharged and you can go back, go back home and, uh, and feed your family well, having been fed well. well I'm going to check that out. Yep. I would love for you to help me. We could do an Asian meal together too. Love that. Well, we just do broths and fermentation. And I'm actually trying to do some sourdough with Asian bread. So more of the mochi with rice. Yeah. It's still gluten-free, but we were just in Hawaii for work and yeah. I toured the rice factory and we learned all about Japanese natural farming. They sold the specific mochi rice that they grow up on the high mountains. You can't get it anywhere else. I paid way oh. too much money for <laughs> like half a pound <laughs> to bring home. They use mountain spring water to grow the rice. It's all hand-grown. I mean, it's- that's Wow. Just to learn about, you know, what can we do with the grains that really specifically for the Asian region that, you yeah. know, come mainstream to the U.S. I mean, this was Honolulu, so it's, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm a firm believer that God gave us everything we need in each region and that the foods that are provided for that region are appropriate for people living in that region and beyond even just food medicine as well. So that is fascinating. And you mentioned gluten-free, we are going to be talking about the problems with gluten intolerance where that comes from, what, if anything, we should do about it, why we would want to correct any problems with gluten intolerance. And it's more than just enjoyment of gluten. But th that is, has always fascinated me that every person in any place in the world, except for Antarctica, where we weren't meant to live, that God provides everything for our bodily and physical health. That's super fascinating that... I can't wait to hear more about that. I'm sure you're putting pictures up on Instagram. I had seen some, but I need to go in and look. Yeah, no, I'll be putting it up. It's just yeah. so fun to be able to have a platform to talk to experts like yourself and hear your story and your why behind your mission. And I yeah. to be a part of it. So I want to thank you for inviting me to be a speaker at this event. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to be with your family. I love your daughters and your daughter-in-laws. <laughs> thank you. I do too. <laughs> we love being together. We love just being with everyone. And, and it's neat that we as a family, we can share it with all of you. Yeah. So. I think that's special. 
and then working together. Like being together is one thing, but working together. We have so much fun. We did a retreat in January. We haven't put all of what we filmed out yet from that, but we just had a blast. <laughs> there, there may be one little thing eventually that we'll put out that is especially funny, but I don't know. It was a little embarrassing on my part, but um, it is really neat to be working together. And, yeah. you know, my daughter-in-law, Sarah, she came from just a normal standard American diet background. This is all new to her, but thankfully she's interested as so far, all of our daughters and sons-in-law are, we have five married and they all are interested to one degree or another, still gently working on one or two, but they're coming, you know, I don't push it, yeah. I can't push this, but it is neat that our children as they get married that they are trying to incorporate these principles and learn even with the in-laws not having grown up with this mm -hmm. you know but seeing the benefits and the need yeah, so, I think that's a huge blessing for you for you yeah, it really is now if one of my sons would just quit stopping by Chick-fil-a <laughs> <laughs> Sally Fallon Morell used to always say that, well, if you eat 80, 20, 80% clean and nutrient dense and 20% doesn't matter. And back when she started to say that in the early 2000s, I think we could to a large degree get away with that. But I think that we've come so far down the slippery slope that now I think for most of us, we can't really do that. Our food has become less and less nutritious we need nutrients. I mean, why, why do we eat, right? Yeah. Why did God design us to need to eat? It's not just so we could have the enjoyment of good tasting food. It's for the maintenance and building of strong bodies. So I think it's really important that we put in the foods that God intended for us. And that means also avoiding Chick-fil-A and McDonald's and <laughs> I stop at McDonald's when I'm traveling to use the bathroom because they're always <laughs> clean. <laughs> <laughs> that's my only use for McDonald's. <laughs> so well, your family is an inspiration to Thank me you. and for our family, but I would love to one day have a business with the girls where we could work together when they're older. I mean, I'm trying that now with like even our dairy products, they're doing the milking, we're helping invest, but they're delivering it and they, they actually get tipped from our clients. Oh, good. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. But they keep all the profit and they have saved quite a bit already. So good. it's really good to see, but you know, one day when they're older and we can sell things beyond. Well, I'm going to come visit you someday soon and I'll buy some milk if I'm allowed from the girls, but I want to see what you're doing. Um, I want to visit you and a few other people there in Tennessee. We'll always have a place open for you here. Thank you. <laughs> we are a small working farm. So nothing like Sally. Well, Sally also has a lot of help. And that's a wonderful thing, but most of us don't have that luxury. We are so excited to see you in a month. Um, I know. <laughs> At Polyface. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there. Yep. But we're excited Thank to you. see you and the team, but also anybody else that's listening, hope you can make it. We would love to meet all of you yeah. and learn and grow together. So thank you, Maureen, for your time today. And You're welcome. So excited Thank you for having me. Oh, and watch Instagram too. We're not as prolific as we'd like to be, but watch us on Instagram. Yeah. And your handle there is God's Good Table. Yep. 
Well, have a great afternoon and we will talk Thank soon. You. Okay. Yep. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that you're able to make it to the God's Good Table event on August 11th to the 13th of 2023. If you liked this episode, please share it out with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more updates on our next episodes. Thanks again and stay healthy.